All right, Jabo say good morning. Let us begin. And thank you to, to Maishi for uh, handling all of our technical issues as we, Baruch uh, Hashem. Always, always something wonderful. Baruch Hashem. All right. Well, so with that, let us begin. So we begin by thanking our sponsors, to thank our Tamadora sponsors for the month of Sivan, Naftali and Chavi Tilson from Eretz Yisrael, with a special thank you from Naftali to his Chaver. Uh, Benjamin Wall for introducing to the Dafyomi. May Hashem bless us all to finish the Dafyomi cycle together and celebrate with the Sium together in Eretz Yisrael with much Hakara Satov. Thank you. To Baruch Meir and Rina Dubin, thank you for dedicating the Shiurim this month. And this Chos, may Hashem continue to protect our brothers and sisters in Eretz Yisrael. And may all of our children remain safe and complete their year of learning with a deep connection to the land and Hashem's Torah. To thank our Week of Learning sponsors, Alan and Sherry Steinmetz, in commemoration of the Artite of Alan's mother, Chaya Bas Rameir, and to Jeff and Debbie Schwartz for a successful, for a successful procedure and complete recovery. We thank all of our sponsors for their continued support of the Torah and Akilah and Mirz Hashem. Maybe Zoha. That our Torah should provide an aliyah for the neshama, a to all those who need one, and a nechama to all the mishpachas. If also with that, let us begin. Does this sound okay? Yeah. What? Yeah. Okay. Okay. If you have you 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 could suggestions at suburbanorthodox.org. We monitor it very carefully. Uh, Jeremy Lass and M.I.G. Abramson really are constantly on this. Good. Okay, I can't see the Gemara, but but that's but that's all right. Don't worry about it. It should be all right. It should be okay. This is my. Uh, I've done this before. All right. Good. How's how's this? Okay. <laughs> la la la. Okay. So let's say, so let, let's begin. Today's office my bed. I want to thank Rokam and Akiva for giving Shir yesterday. I know you got uh, and got a little bit onto the but we're actually going to back up a little bit. Just to start the sugya on the bottom of Mem Aleph Amadez, we're going to pick up with three lines up from the bottom. Ki Asar Abdimi Amrab Yochan. So it's an interesting discussion over here regarding the various times in which we have to use red wool. So Ki Asar Abdimi Amrab Yochanan. Shalosh Lashonos Shamati. I've heard that Lashonos, which again are pieces of red wool, are used in three different contexts. Achal Shapara, Ba'achal Shalsar Mishlai, Ba'achal Shamatsora. One time in the Paraduma, one time in the Seir Hamishtaleach, the goat that is sent out to the wilderness on Yom Kippur, and one time for Mitzorah. Three different times in which we use red wool. Achos Mishkal Asarazuz, one time the weight of the wool is tenzos. Achos Mishkal Shnei Sloim, one time the weight of the wool is two sloim. Ba'achos Mishkal Shekel, and one time the weight of the wool is a shekel. However, Rav Dimi said, but I don't know which wool is which weight. Kiyasu Rabin, when Rabin came along, Pirsha Mishid Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yonasan, excuse me, he explained it as follows. Top of Mebeza Bosei. Here we go. Shalpara Mishkala Sarazuz. Interesting, according to this approach, the weight, or I should say the red wool used for the para aduma is the heaviest shear, 10 zuz. Now, why is that? Rashi points out over here. Shalpara Mishkal Esar Zuz, the Bayakovara. was because we saw in yesterday's daf that it is not enough to simply go ahead and insert the red wool into the fire, right, in which you're burning the ashes and everything else of the paraduma, but you must make sure that that wool sinks into the fire, right? The Gemara discussed 
that if the wool ends up getting singed or burned by the pieces of fire that shoot up, that may be problematic in the paraduma service. So therefore, the wool used for the paraduma has to be heavy so that it sinks into the fire. Shapara mishkal asarazuz, vishal sar mishkalach mishkal shnei sloim. Sir mishkalach has a weight of two sloim. Why two sloim? Rashi points out over here, the baya chaluka mishkal shnei sloim v'dayabekach. Because ultimately, the wool of the Sir Mishlech, we haven't discussed this yet, but we will get into this. That piece of wool has to be divided into two. One part of it is tied between the horns of the Sir Mishlech, the goat, and we'll see another part of it is actually tied to a rock by the edge of the cliff. We're actually going to see it's actually three, three pieces of red wool because one piece is actually strung up by the base Hamikdash itself. But in any event, Sir Mishlech requires two slime, Vishal Mitzora, Mishkal Shekel. And for the Mitzorah, all you need is the weight of a shackle. Because I will say, at the end of the day, ah, at the end of the day, so the Mitzorah does not require, does not require weight like the Para Aduma, nor does it require ultimately being split into two like this here in Mishtalech. Amr Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan said, so Rabbi Yochan comes along and he says, Rabbi Shimon Chalafta and Abaran argue in the case of Paraduma. Chad Amr Mishkal Asara v'chad Amr Mishkal Shekel. So we'll say, interestingly enough, if this version over here, the Machlokis by Paraduma, is a Machlokis of extremes. One opinion says that the weight of the red wolf of Paraduma is Tenzuz, which was the heaviest shear. And one opinion said that it was a Shekel which was the, the smallest shear, the lightest amount. V'simonach, and the way to remember it is, echad hamarba ve'echad hamam it. So the way to remember this is, again, Rashi points out over here, v'simin, last white line in Rashi, shalotite lomar she'echad haya omer mishkal shnei slaim, mishnozu tehei lechaz simon. So we'll say the way to remember this is a Mishnah in Menachos, where the Mishnah says, echad hamarba ve'echad hamam it, the Mishnah, the Gemara says in Masechus Menachos, we're dealing with different sacrificial obligations, which depend on your financial standing. So the halacha is whether you bring a lot or whether you bring a little. The ikr is that your heart is dedicated to Akadish Baruch Hu. This is a good way to remember this machlokis over here by Paraduma. One opinion says the wall has to have the weight of 10 zuz. The other opinion says the wall only has to have the weight of a shekel. Those are the extremes. Echad hamarbe, the highest or the, the greatest amount of red wool, the, 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 most, the most weight, the least amount of weight, good. Interesting enough, Rabbi Yermiyami Difti said to Ravina, their machlokes is not regarding the weight of the red wool by para aduma, but rather, again, because we'll say the Gemara will suggest now that everyone will agree by para aduma that you need to have 10 zuz, because by Paraduma, you need the red wool to be heavy. You need it to sink to the bottom of the fire. I say, where is the machlokes? I'm sorry. Rather, we'll say, where is the machlokes? The machlokes is in the case of Seir HaMishtaleach. How heavy, ultimately, again, does the wool of the Seir Mishtaleach have to be? And on the day where they have this machlokes, regarding the weight of the wool for the Seir Mishtaleach, Nach nafshe de Rabia Barkisi. So Rabia Barkisi passed away. Rashi points out over here, Rabia Barkisi 
was Shem Chacham, was particular Talmud Chacham. So he passed away on the day that they were having the Machlokas regarding the weight of the red wool for the Siyam Ashtaleach. So the Gemara says, how do you remember this? Simna, Ravi, so Simna, Ravi Barkisi, Mechabra, Kisim Ashtaleach. And the way they remembered, the way they remembered this was that Ravi Barkisi, his death, was Mechaper atoned just like the Sir Mishdaleach atoned? The Rashi points out over here, Mechaper, what does this mean? Misas Tzadikim Mechaperes, Kida Amr Ba'alma, Lamanismucha Misas Aaron, the big day Kuhuna, Lomar Lacha, Ma big day Kuna Mechaperim, Af Misas Tzadikim Mechaperes. Sabah said the Yamar Mishdaleach, Rashi quotes the Yamar Mishdaleach, Moid Cotton, where the Yamar spouses this fascinating idea of Misas Tzadikim Mechaper, the death of the righteous atones. First of all, interestingly enough, where do we learn this concept from? So Rashi points out over here the fact that the death of Aaron is juxtaposed to the section of the Big Day Kahuna, Kohanic clothing. And the Gemara learns out from there, just like Kohanic clothing, clothing provides atonement, so too the death of the righteous provides atonement as well. So we'll say this is an interesting concept. Um, what, what does it mean that the death of the righteous provides atonement? So first of all, it's interesting because you, this concept is manifest in other religions, right? So remember, again, other religions, you have this concept that someone's death atones for all of humanity. And in general, we generally assume that atonement has to be achieved by each and every individual on their own. In other words, I can't achieve kapara for you. You can't achieve kapara for me. So what's the pshat? Misas tzadikim mechaber. So if Arav Nitzchakakoyim Kok, Zechazadevikadosh has a beautiful insight into this. And he explains that the concept of Misas Tzadikim Mechaper means that people often don't know the full measure of a tzaddik until he passes away. Because part of the, part of the, I guess well, part, part of the midos of, of a righteous person is tznius, is a certain level of modesty. So tzaddikim do not broadcast their good deeds. So where does the full scope, or when does the full scope of their piety become manifest? When does it become known? Only after they pass away. People only know the true greatness of tzaddikim in their death. Once I know the greatness of the tzaddik, then ultimately, again, that tzaddik becomes a role model for me because now I know the full scope of their piety. So if Cook says, it's not the pshat that the death of the tzaddik brings about kapara, but it's because through the death of the tzaddik, I get to really know the tzaddik and once I really know the tzaddik, I can engage in emulation of the tzaddik. And the fact that everyone now wants to emulate the tzaddik, because now I've learned of the greatness of the tzaddik, that in and of itself brings kapara. But perhaps there's another pshat as well. You know, I've mentioned this before. The Gemara has a great line. The Gemara says, Keder de Shutfi, a pat that belongs to partners, that belongs to two people, never really gets hot and never really gets cold. Right? It never gets hot. Why? Because each guy assumes the other person is taking care of it. So perhaps the pshat in Misas Tzadik and Mechaper is like this. You know, when the Tzadik is in the world, everyone assumes the Tzadik will get it done. Tzadik will get it done. I don't have to worry about it. Baruch Hashem, whatever, whatever the it is. I don't have to worry about communal problems. I don't have to worry about global problems. I don't have to worry about Kamisar problems. The Tzadik is here. The tzadik is here. The Tzadik will take care of it. When the tzaddik dies and people realize that there is a huge void in the world, right? With the passing of a tzaddik, there is a huge void, a huge emptiness of kedusha. What happens when people realize that void? Everyone realizes, I have to step up. I have to step up. I have to do my part. The tzaddik 
is no longer here to be able to pull all of the weight on his own, so I have to step up. So perhaps that's the pshat. Nisas at tzaddikim mechaper. Again, it's not the pshat that the death of the tzaddik brings about atonement. But when the tzaddik dies and people realize, people realize, my gosh, there's no one here to pull the weight on their own. I have to do my part. Now, of course, I have to do my part even when the tzaddik is alive. Right? We all have to do our part. We all have to contribute in some meaningful way, whether it's to our mishpachas, whether it's to our kihilos, to our communities, and to our nation, to our world. But human nature, human nature is such that when I think that someone else is there to do the job, I feel exempt from pitching in. But once the tzaddik is gone, and I realize that void is there, then suddenly everyone realizes the urgency to step up. And that urgency to step up, and everyone stepping up, that in and of itself creates the kapara. I'm Rabbi Yitzchak. So both say, see the Gemara in Rabbi Yitzchak says, it's really great Gemaras. I heard that there are two shchitos, Acha shel para va'acha shel paro. One is the shchita of the para aduma, that's para, para aduma. And one is the shchita of paro, this is the bull, the bull of the, of the Kohen Gadol and Yom Kippur. Achos k'sheira bezar va'achos p'sula bezar. And I heard that one of them can be shechted by a zar, a non-coin, and one of them can't be shechted by a non-coin. There's only one problem. And Rabbi Yitzchak says, I just don't remember which is which. Right? Isn't this great? So there are two powers, para aduma, para of coin, God love Yom Kippur. One of them is k'sheira bizar, can be shechted by a non-coin. I just don't remember which one is which. Says the Imar, let's analyze itmar, shchitas, para, uparo. So the shchita, the para aduma, and the para of the coin, Adonium Kippur. Ravu Shmuel chad amar, para psula, paro ksheira. So one opinion said, if a zar shechts the para aduma, it is possible. But if the zar shechts the para of the coin, Adonium Kippur, it's kasher. The chad amar, paro psula, para ksheira. And the other opinion said that no, if, you, if, a, if a zar shechts the power of, the, uh, of Yom Kippur, it's possible. But if a zar shechts par aduma, it's kosher. So it says the Gemara, So the Gemara says, I just want to tell you, I think it's clear that Rav is the one who's of the opinion that although a zar can shecht the power of Yom Kippur, a zar, a non kohen cannot shecht the para aduma. How do we know that? Shchitas para bizar psula. Rabbi Zeira said that the shchita of the paraduma by a zar is possible. Va'amar Rav Allah. So va'amar Rav Allah. Elazar v'chuka shaninuba. And we'll say Rav commented on this that why is it that ultimately a non kohen cannot shecht a paraduma? Because by paraduma it says Elazar and chuka. Those two words. I'll say, take a look at Rashi for just a moment. Rashi says over here, Shel Elazar Vechuka, Elazar Ksivba, Unesatem Osa El Elazar Hakoin, Uksiv Zos Chukas Hatora, Vechol Hecha Dixiv Chuka Ikuvos. We'll say two things happening over here. Wherever the Torah uses the word Chuka, an everlasting statute, that means that the particular service that's being mentioned or discussed must be done in this way and you cannot deviate. And if you deviate, Ultimately, you render the service unfit. So by para aduma, it says Elazar. 
right? Elazar is the son of Aaron, is a Kohen. So the Torah goes out of his way to say, Paraduma must be done by a Kohen. And it says, Chuka. Chuka means if it's not done by a Kohen, then what? Then Allah Chalamai said the Paraduma's puzzle. So we'll see, see from here that Rav holds, that Rav holds that a Paraduma shechted by a Zar is puzzle. Which would then lead us to believe that Rav would hold that Paro, the par of Yom Kippur, although it's good to be shechted by a coin, if it's not shechted by a coin, ultimately it is still kosher. So the Gemara says, So now we've established, according to Rav, why is it that a Zar can't shecht para aduma? Because the Torah uses the Lashon of Elazar and Chukah. Ah, but one second. By Yom Kippur, by Yom Kippur, by the power of Yom Kippur, it also says the Lashon of Aaron, right? It says Aaron and Chukah. So we'll say using that same logic, the same way that, that it says Elazar and Chukah, Elazar and Chukah by Paraduma, and that teaches me that what? Paraduma must be forever done by a Kohen, and if it's done by a Zar, it's possible. So, so to the presence of the words Aaron and Chukah, by part of Yom Kippur, should also teach you that halacha if a zar shechts the part of Yom Kippur, it should be possible. Yet Rav is saying that's not the case. So what's the pshat? Rav will answer, shechit alav avodihi. It's not a problem because what's in Yom Kippur, only the avoda has to be done by, by the Kohen Gadol. But anything that's not avoda, ultimately again, can be done even by a zar. And shechita is not avoda. Shechita is not avoda. To which the Gemara says, "Ihachi paranami." I don't understand. Okay, so if shechita is not avoda, then the shechita of paraduma is also not avoda. And if the shechita of paraduma is not avoda, then what? Then what? It should be kshera bizar as well. And yet, Rabbi say, Rav is saying that what? Rav is saying that by paraduma, a kohen must do the shechita. But yet, ultimately, again, why? Because we also just follow the argument over here. Rav is saying by paraduma. Kohen must do the shechita. Why? Presence of two words. What two words? Elazar chuka. To the Gemara says, Oh, one second, Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur, it says, Aaron and chuka. No, 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 you don't need a coin by Yom Kippur because shechita is not an avoda. Okay. If shechita is not an avoda, then shechita by paradumas also not an avoda. So why do I need a dafka to be a coin? To which the Gemara says, Shiny para, the kodshe beda kabayisi. Para adumos is a fascinating answer. Para aduma is different. Because interestingly enough, para aduma, Bosei, doesn't have the status of a carbon. Quite fascinating. Now, the truth is, we already know this. How do we know that para aduma is not a carbon? How do you know? Excellent. It's not shechter on the base of mikdash. Remember, again, it's shechter on the haramishchats. It's shechter on the harazayas. It's shechter across the valley, right? On the next mountain over from Arabayas. Bosei, if that was a carbon, that would be a big no no. That's called shchute chutz. You cannot shecht karbanos outside of the base of mikdash. So interestingly enough, if para aduma is not a carbon, so what is it? To which the gemara says it's kachei beda kabayis. Now, both say, take a look at Rashi for just a moment. Shiny part right across in Rashi. Mamish right across. Shiny part of the kachei beda kabayis. See, kilomar ein ba kiddushas hamizbeach ela kiddushas don ba'almon. Both say this is fascinating. So para aduma does not have sacrificial sanctity. What does para aduma have? It has monetary sanctity. Really quite fascinating. It's called Kiddushas Dama Ba'ama, Shayashritasa Bahara Mishcha, because after as we just mentioned, you shecht the para aduma and hara mishcha, but hara mishcha is harazesim. Right? On the right on the mount Mount Olives, Hilchach, Ain Sad Avodos Nechlokesba, the Khal Avodos Shaveba. 
Shabbat say this is so fascinating. This is so fascinating. Para aduma is not a carbon. It's not a carbon. So what's the kedusha para aduma? It has financial sanctity. Because it has financial sanctity, all parts of the paraduma service are treated equally. There's no distinction between the services. They're all equal. And therefore, again, because they're all equal, once it says Elazar and Chuka, therefore, what does that teach me? What does that teach me? Every part of paraduma has to be done by the Kohen. Interestingly enough, by the par of Yom Kippur, What's the status of the power of Yom Kippur? What is that? What is that? It's a carbon. It's a carbon. Oh, once you get into the realm of carbonos, about say, then what? Then we're able to distinguish between parts that are avoda and parts that are avoda. We'll say, it's, it's, it's so counterintuitive, right? What the Gemara is saying over here is, once again, paraduma is not a carbon. Paraduma is financial sanctity. Because it's financial sanctity, every aspect of the paraduma has the same status. So, okay, so how do I treat it? Oh, Elazar Chukah teaches me that every part of it has to be done by a coin. But ultimately, again, by the power of Yom Kippur, that's a carbon. But say, we already know by carbonos, not every avoda is the same. Or for that matter, not everything has the status of avoda. For example, by Karbanos, what doesn't have the status? What doesn't have the status of avoda? Shchita, excellent shchita. And therefore, again, Rav posits that by paraduma, the shchita has to be done by a coin, not because by paraduma even the shchita is an avoda. Just the opposite. By paraduma, nothing's an avoda. It's all kachet the It's exeris akasav of elazar and chuka. It has to be done by a coin. But by part of Yom Kippur, it is avoda, and therefore shchita is kshera bizarre. General, both say the halachas of kabbalos is that you can have shchita done by non kohen. Therefore, even the part of Yom Kippur, the shchita will be done by non kohen. Incredible, incredible. To which the Gemara says, "Vulav kol dechenu." So the Gemara says, "I don't understand." But should, shouldn't that, shouldn't that advance the, the exact opposite argument? Look at look at Rashi. "Vulav kol dechenu b'tmiyah." So I don't understand. Shouldn't it be just the opposite? In other words, that if you're going to tell me that para aduma, which only has financial sanctity, requires a coin, so then shouldn't the para of Yom Kippur, which has carbonic sanctity, certainly require a coin? To which the Gemara of Lav Chol Dechenu, Amar Rav Shish Reid Rav Idi, Midi Dehavi Amaros Negoim, so we'll say this is very interesting. So Shishrei Dravidi says like this. Apparently, we'll say this, this is really quite novel. The Gemara wants to compare Paraduma to Maros Negoim. Fascinating. I'll say, what's Maros Negoim? Person is afflicted with a lesion. They have to go to, a, right, who do they have to go to, to the, for, for a Tzara's determination? The Kohen. Right, you have to go to the Kohen. So we'll say, so here's what's interesting. So what's Maros Negoim? Is Maros Negoim Avoda? Is it Avoda? No. What is it? <laughs> it's just a process. It's a process. But it's a process which by definition requires a coin and no one other than a coin. So we'll say, this is really quite interesting. What Rav is introducing us to, it's just, it's, just, it's just fascinating that essentially it's a new construct. It's a new construct. So essentially there's Karbanos. There's Karbanos. And then there are processes, right? We'll call it Kohanic processes. So as Kadosh and as holy as Karbanos are, there is room to say in the realm of Karbanos, there are certain things 
that have to be done by Kohanim and other things that don't have to be done by Kohanim. And then there are processes. And although the processes themselves may not possess the same level of Kiddusha as Karbanos, they are processes which could only be done by Kohanim. But let's say, see, here's a perfect example. Maros Nigoim. Is Maros Nigoim, is that Avoda? Is that Avoda? No. No, it's not Avoda at all. Again, it's a process. But it's a process which must be done by a Kohen. Rav is suggesting that Halakha Paraduma falls into the same category as Maros Nigoim. See, interestingly enough, on a Kiddush, say, we'll say, see, in, I, I think we're trained to think that the higher the level of Kiddushah requires who? A Kohanim, right? Kohanim, right? So in other words, the higher the Kiddushah, the, the more you can only use Kohanim. The Imam is just saying, there's truth to that statement, but there's also just a different construct. There are just certain processes. It's almost supposed to say, like, you know, if you need something notarized, if you need like Lahabdil, if you need something notarized, the only person who could do that for you is... A notary, I, but I'm a tamt chacham, right? I'm, I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer, I'm accomplished, whatever, 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 whatever your, your life accolades are. Shkoyach, I just need a notary. I just need a notary, right? It's not a function. So what the Gemara is saying is there are certain processes that by definition require kohanim. It's not a function of kedushas. It's just, so therefore, Rav, Rav wants to make this fascinating suggestion. The power of Yom Kippur if a zar does the shechita, the par is kosher. But para aduma requires a coin throughout the entire process. Why? Because I para aduma is kachi abedekabayis. It's not even kachi aguf. It's not even karbanic. It's just the process. Just like maros negoim, the process requires kohanim. Incredible. So we'll say, so th- this is the position of Rav. So Rav holds that Allah Khalamaisa. Para Aduma must be done. Para Aduma must be done by a coin, every single part of it. Where do we learn that out from? Where do we learn that out from? Elazar Chuka, just keep remember that. Elazar Chuka. But Par of Yom Kippur, Shrita is Kshera Bizarre. Now Shmuel. Well, Shmuel, Dhamma Paro Psula. So we say Shmuel holds. Then no, Halacha Lamaisa Shmuel holds that the Shrita, the Para Aduma, can be done by an coin, but the Par of Yom Kippur must be done by a coin. And if a non-coin does it, ultimately he invalidates the carbon. Well, see, it's very exciting, Gimara, no? Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to see if it's just the microphone that I feel. I don't feel, I'm not feeling the excitement. The, air, the microphone or the air conditioning, Zoom, oh, it's too much going. Do you remember when we just used to, like, have sheer? You know, you'd come into, right? You'd come into, come to the Ismajrish and it wasn't this and this and this and this. All right, one day, we'll shmuel the Amar. So I'll say back to Shmuel. Back to Shmuel. The Shmuel the Amar. Paro Psula. Maishno Paro. So I'll say, according to, according to Shmuel who holds that Allah saw, if a Zar does the Shrita of the Paravium Kippur, he invalidates, he invalidates the, he invalidates the Par. Maishno Paro. Why is the Paravium Kippur different? Dixiv Aron Vichuka. Oh, so I'll say, it's the reverse Limud. So, so Shmuel will say, very simple. By part of Yom Kippur, it says Aaron, namely again, it has to be a coin. And I both remember again, what does the word chukah teach us? Right? Uh, two words: everlasting statute, everlasting statute. Just borrowed that from our school, right? Everlasting statute. Right? So, say, so again, at the end of the day, that means this is an immutable law that does not change. It always has to be Aaron. It always has to be coin gadol. So the Gemara says, so Mashna Parodixiv Aaron the Chukah. Par nami haksit elazar v'chuka. Aye, but one second. 
Shmuel, if you're going to learn out that by the power of Yom Kippur, it always has to be a Kohen, Kohen Gadol, because it's Aaron and Chukah, by Paraduma, it says Elazar and Chukah. So why don't you do the same thing by Paraduma? It also always has to be a Kohen, to which the Gemara says, no, 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 shiny Hasam, by Paraduma, it's different because it says, Dixiv, the Shachat Osa Lefanov. By Paraduma, it says, you shall shecht the Paraduma in front of Elazar. So what does that teach you? Shehezar shochet ve'elazar roa. Bosei teaches us that what? That ultimately, again, Shmuel says, it teaches us that a non-coin could shecht and Elazar has to be supervising. So interestingly enough, same words. But again, enochinami, again, Shmuel will say, I learned out that the part of Yom Kippur has to be done by a coin. Why? Aron chuka. I asks the Gemara, Bapara, do we have Elazar chuka? True, but by part of the have another passage. V'shachat osa lefanov. You shall shecht the carbon in front of Elazar, which tells you that Elazar could supervise Shechita. I so what does Rav do with this? What does Rav do? V'shachat osa lefanov. V'rav, shaloya siach daito mimena. Both say this is fascinating. Rav says that V'shachat osa lefanov teaches me that halacha lemaisa, in the, in, the, in the preparation of the paraduma, there could be no hesachadas. You cannot get distracted. You cannot get distracted. If you look at Rashi, Rashi says of Rav, interestingly enough, no hesachadas. So we'll say, this is incredible. This is absolutely incredible. We'll say, Rav says, in order for the paraduma to be kosher, there cannot be a lapse of awareness. In the realm of Kiddusha, the moment you take your eye off the road, the moment you go ahead and you have a lapse of awareness is the moment everything comes tumbling down. I will say, what an incredible metaphor for life, Kiddusha in general. We all know this from our own lives. You start on something in life, right? You go out, you start a particular project, you start a particular initiative, you want to engage in some course correcting activity, you just want to turn things around and you're doing great. And then what happens? The moment you have hesachadas, oh look, what is that, right? The moment you have hesachadas, right? The moment you get distracted is the moment everything falls apart. Ah, you'll say it's not right, I got distracted for one moment. It's not fair, you're right, but that's just the way that life works. So I think about this just even in the way you day, right? Person has, hopefully you start, the person starts, right? we start our days with a list of things we want to accomplish, right? And you're doing great. You're going through that list, I'm accomplishing. And then what happens? You allow yourself to get distracted by one thing, right? One, one meme, one, one, is it GIF or GIF? It's Machlokas. GIF, okay. Right, right, one, one, see now I just distracted you by the way. Now you totally forget about Rabbi Shmuel also. I was gonna say, well, right, one GIF or, or one phone call that I just, I just didn't need to take right now. And what happens? It, it derails everything. It der- it's an incredible you sowed in life that if you want to be successful in anything, there must be awareness and, and, and an avoidance of a lapse of concentration. Almost like a laser-like precision on what I have to accomplish and don't get distracted until you finish. So Rav says, V'shachat Osa Lefanov teaches me that I need to remain focused on the paraduma and I cannot get distracted by anything else and if there is distraction, then Halach said that invalidates the para. So the Gemara says, Shmuel, where the Shmuel or not this halacha, that you can't have hesachadas, that you can't have hesachadas, 
that you can't have a lapse of awareness, you must be fully concentrated on the para aduma. This is very interesting. So he learns it out from the phrase, and he shall burn the para aduma le'inov in front of his eyes. In other words, so Shmuel, so Rav learns out that what, what does it mean that, oh, sorry, Shmuel learns out. Um, no, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, Shmuel learns out. Shmuel, sorry. Shmuel learns out that you have to have constant concentration from the fact that the Torah says you shall burn the paraduma in front of his eyes. I mean, in front of his eyes. Means concentration. No lapse of awareness throughout the entire process. So for Rav, Rav will say, Enochinami, the Torah teaches us this concept of, of concentration and avoidance of lapse of awareness in two areas. Virav, chad b'shchita, v'chad b'shreifa. They will say, this is fascinating. Rav says the Torah teaches me the need for concentration on paraduma in two places. One by shchita and one by the actual burning of the para. And I need both. Why Because if the Torah would have just said, which teaches me that I have to concentrate on the para aduma during the shchita, I can't have a lapse of awareness. I would have said, oh, it's tafka by shchita that you can't have a lapse of awareness. Why not? Because that's the beginning of the avoda. So I will say, Everything is determined by the beginning. So of course you can't have a lapse of awareness at the beginning. But maybe at, at once you're past the beginning, even if you lose concentration a little bit, you're okay. Therefore, I can have asreifa imolo. Maybe by the time you get to asreifa, you don't have to have perfect, undiluted attention. To which the Gemara says, the imolo, therefore tzricha. Therefore, the Torah goes out of its way to say, v'shacha, I'm sorry, v'saraf osa. What was the Lashon of the Pasuk? V'saraf enob. Therefore, the Torah says, not only do you have to have complete awareness at the beginning by Shechita, but you must maintain that complete awareness all the way through the process to the point where ultimately, again, you are burning the para as well. Because of Rachmano B'Sreifa, if the Torah would have just taught me the awareness obligation by Sreifa, Mishum Dahashta, Hudim Kashra Para, because it will say it's at the time of the Sreifa, where what? When Mamish, like the para aduma, finally becomes fit use. Because I will say, remember again, what part of the part do you use for the para aduma service? The ashes. So it's the Sreifa that Mamish makes into ashes. So maybe that's Dafka, where I have to have complete awareness. But even if I'm a little distracted, it's not the biggest deal. Therefore, against Sreifa. So I will say, interestingly, according to Rabba, so Joe said, I just want to point out, both Rav and Shmuel, not Rav, but both Rav and Shmuel are agreeing that you require awareness for the process of the para aduma. The machlokis is just exactly where you're learning it out from. And interesting enough, according to Rav, the Torah goes out of its way by para aduma to teach you the awareness obligation or the awareness mandate in two places, both by shechita beginning and by sreifa the end. I so it says the gemara of that's the case. Let me utemai. So we'll see. Here's what's interesting. So according to Rav, so we'll say, so just, just to understand, we still have our major machlokis, right? Our major machlokis, Rav say was about we by we have we have two we have two cows. We have right the power of Yom Kippur and para Aduma. Rav says the power of Yom Kippur can be shechted by Azar, para Aduma cannot. Shmuel holds Shmuel holds para Aduma can be shechted by Azar and para of Yom Kippur cannot. That's the major machlokis. We now are kind of getting into para Aduma a little bit and what we've just established by para Aduma is that there is an awareness obligation. An awareness obligation. Namely, you cannot have a lapse of awareness by Paraduma. Now, what we just saw by Rav is that the Torah goes out of its way to highlight the awareness obligation by Shechita and by Sreifa. 
Now, if the Torah is highlighting the awareness obligation by Shechit and by Shefa, that tells you that what? There must be another part of this process where even if you had a lapse of awareness, you have not invalidated the para. So the Shaila is, that's the Yomar Mai. So what part of the paraduma process are you coming to exclude from the awareness obligation? So So maybe you're saying that during the collection of the ashes, Milui Mayim is the filling up of the container with water. And Kiddush, Rabbi Kiddush means is the placement of the water on the ashes and then mixing them together. So maybe you're going to say that maybe you don't need complete awareness in any of these Steps, right? The gathering of the ashes, the filling up of the container with water, and the mixing of the ashes with the water. That can't be Ahmed Bey's why the Gemara says the Mishmeres Lemeni Duxid. Both say, what does the word Mishmeres mean? Mishmeres, right? Guarding it. So clearly, again, the Torah tells you you have to be guarding it. I both say, what does guarding mean in this context? The Pashtos, guarding means awareness. Awareness. Hello. Rather, I will say what it must be coming to include is what? The adding in of, of the eight eras, the cedar wood, the ezov, the hyssop, and the piece of red wool into the fire together. I will say, right? This is all mixed together in the fire. That it must be that this is not, this does not require awareness. Then again, I will say, which just means like if you threw these things into the mixture and just we're not concentrating on them, that ultimately, again, you have not invalidated the para aduma. Now, why would these things not require acute awareness? So the Gemara says, Delav gufa de para What does that mean? That I will say, maybe the part of the para aduma service that require, you know, unadulterated awareness and concentration is only the actual parts of preparation of the para itself. But what we'll call para aduma accessories. And I would say, what are the para aduma accessories? So that's again, the piece of cedar wood, the piece of red wool, the hyssop. These are the things that are mixed in, but they're not part of the goof of the para itself. So to be clear, should you be concentrating? Should you have concentration on these things? Of course. But if for some reason you got distracted, it would not invalidate the Paras service. Good. So we'll say that's the end of that sugya. Amen. Thank you very much. Excellent. Excellent. So the Gemara says as follows. Itmar. So we'll say, so again, we'll say, this is just, again, you have to admit, it's, it's, it's partially like a little hard to contain your excitement about these Gemaras. Because why? Because think about this. Look what you get. Like you come in, you roll into Yuma, Daf, Membeis, and look at the journey we're going on. Yom Kippur, to Para Aduma, to Hara. Look where we've been to in just one day, right? You've been sitting in your seat, but you've already been in the base of Mikdash. You've already been in Hara Mishra, Hara Zaysim, right? We've been Kachi Bedekabayez, Kachi Incredible, incredible. Itmar, Itmar, Shritas Para Bizar. So we'll say, here we go. So now we'll say, so now we're, we're kind of, let, let's get back. Let, let's zone. I know it's, it's, it's so easy. We're talking about not getting distracted. How do you not get distracted in Gemara's like this, right? We're mamish all over the place. Such an exciting way. So let's come back to what we started with. Machlok is Rav and Shmuel. I was saying that that's the primary focus right now. Rav and Shmuel. I know that there are two paros. What are the two paros? Number one. Number one. Paraduma number two. Parad Yom Kippur. Good. I also know one of them is Kshela Bazaar. One of them is Psula Bazaar. I just don't know which is which. Machlok is Rav and Shmuel. Rav will hold that what? Para is, is a Psula Bazaar, Yom Kippur is Ksheira Bazaar. 
Shmuel is just the opposite. Para Duma is Kshera Bazar, and ultimately Yom Kippur is Yom Kippur's puzzle. I will say, the, of course, the amazing part of this Machlokas is they're darshing the same, right? It's all the same words. It's all the same, they're just darshing in different ways. Okay, in any event, Itmar, Shritas Par, shritas par Bazar. What happens if a non Kohen shechs the para? Right, so remember again, whenever you see para, para duma is always referred to in the nekeva. Para, the para of Yom Kippur is, is male. So ultimately, again, the shechitas para bizarre. Rabbi Ami, Amr Kshir, Rabbi Yitzchak, Nafcha, Amr Psula. So both said, Mar is pointing out, by the way, this machlokis, Rabbi Shmuel, is also other machlokis. Other people jump on this machlokis bandwagon. So here you have, if you go ahead and you shech the para, not quite shech the para duma, Rabbi Ami says it's kosher. Rabbi Yitzchak says it's possible. Ula Amar Kshira. Ula says, if a zar shechts a paraduma, it's kosher. Va'amrila psula. Others quote Ula saying that it's possible. Masiv Rabbi Yoshua bar Abba the Seyyid Rav. So Rabbi Yoshua bar Abba brought up a support. So again, what did Rav say? What did Rav say? Rav said that if a zar shechts a paraduma, what's the Psula. It's a 50-50, right? We'll just double-check that. Right? Rav said Psula, right? Because remember, again, Rav said that Halach Elamaisa, we learn out Elazar Chukah. That was, that was Rav's, that was the original Josh. Elazar Chukah, which teaches me, again, definition of Chukah, if there's one thing you take out of a seven-year cycle, right? Everlasting statute, that's all, right? Right? Because, good, everlasting statute. Roll so nicely off the tongue. So Rabbi Shulah comes along and wants to bring his support to Rav. Namely, that para aduma cannot be shafted by a zar, but the para of Yom Kippur can. Only Allah is digressing to still para aduma, but another discussion. Namely, namely, are there parts of the para aduma service that could be done by by a woman? Right? And also in those same lines, are there parts of the para aduma service that could be done at night? So watch this. So it says the Gemara, Aimli I only know that the sprinkling of the waters themselves cannot be done by a woman like they are done by a man. Namely, the sprinkling of the water itself must be done by a man and not by a woman. We'll learn where that is from. So the Gemara says, So ultimately, again, and furthermore, you can only sprinkle the waters of the Paraduma by day. What's well, very interesting? Even though, now what's the novelty in that? See, the novelty in that is, even though Paraduma is not what? Not what? Not a carbon. Excellent. Remember, carbonos, carbonos can only be done by days. So even though, remember again, what's, what, what is Paraduma? What's its status? Good, that's what it is, correct. It's a process, not a voda. I'm saying, what's its sanctity? That was excellent. That was excellent, right? But what's its sanctity? What's its sanctity? Right? So, most remember again, it's a process, not a voda, and therefore, by extension, it's and not So, therefore, again, I, so most remember again, carbonos must be done by day. But yet, even though para aduma is not a carbon, it's a process, it's not a voda, and it's not kachi aguf; it's kachi betek habayis. It still can only be done by day. How do I know that? As the Gemara says, "Make sure elav yom minayim." The Rab, as the Gemara says, "Make sure elav yom minayim." The Rabos shritasa v'kabalas dama v'hazaz dama usreifasa v'ashlachas eight era ve'izov shnitolas. How do I know that halacha lemaisa the other parts as well? 
name of the of the para, the receiving of the blood, the sprinkling of the blood, the burning of it, the putting, the throwing in of the cedar wood, the hyssop, the red wool. How do I know that halacha lemaisa again? Those things can also only be done by a man and only be done by day. Talmud Lomar Torah. Therefore, the Torah says Torah. So look at Rashi. Talmud Lomar Torah. Zos chukas haTorah. Torah achas the chalabadasa. So we'll say it's interesting. The word chukas teaches me that what? What does the word chukas teach me? Never to be changed. Right? Never to be changed. Everlasting statutes. Right? That the way I did it the first time is the way it remains forever. Torah teaches me that essentially whatever applies in one aspect of the service applies in all aspects of the service. So once I know that in parts of the service of the para aduma, it can't be done by a woman and it can only be done by day. So Torah teaches me that what? That applies to every aspect of para aduma, namely cannot be done by a woman, it can only be done by day. So the Gemara says, Yochol, Sha'animar ba'af asifas afro, umilu imayim bikidush. So I might have thought maybe that also applies to the gathering up of the ashes, the filling up of the receptacle of the kli with water, and kidush, the mixing together of the water and the ashes. Talmud Lomar, zos. Therefore, the Torah says, zos. Right? Ultimately, again, to teach me that halacha only in the enumerated, previously enumerated avodas, do you have the psul of Isha and Yom, but not by these. And Gemara says, but one second. I don't understand. It seems very random. How do you know which... So what the Gemara is essentially saying is like this. This is fascinating. Right? So Torah teaches me that whatever applies to some avodos applies to all of the avodos. But yes, Zos teaches me that there are certain avodos that are excluded. So the Gemara says, I don't understand. How do you know what to include in Torah and what to... Ex- right? What to include based on the word Torah, and want to exclude based on the word Zos. So the Gemara says, is the So here we go. So we'll say, after the Torah goes ahead, and is marbes certain things, and is miet. So we'll say, here's what I know. There's a ribu and there's a miut, right? There's an inclusionary word and an exclusionary word. What's the inclusionary word? Torah. What's the exclusionary word? Zos. So look here at this moment. Right? So both sides. This is, this, is, this is incredible. After I know that the Torah gives me a word Torah, which includes, Torah gives me an exclusionary word Zos, but doesn't tell me what to include and what to exclude. So both sides, listen to this. So the Achar, Umaro, so I will say the whole CSA, Achar Shriba Kosovo, Miet, Amrit, Hari Anul, Maiden Kulon, Mehazos, Memel. So both sides. What is the most important part of the paraduma service? What's the most important part? The sprinkling. Which makes sense, right? Because remember again, everything you do for the paraduma, you do for what purpose? For the ability to sprinkle the water. So we'll say, watch this. This is incredible. So just like the sprinkling of the waters are not kshera, can't be done, can't be done by a woman, but can only be done by a man. By the way, Rashi points out over here, we're going to see this in our because the Pasuk speaks out when it speaks of sprinkling the water. It says, who's going to sprinkle it? An ish tahar. So from here we learn that the sprinkling can only be done by a man and not by a woman. Furthermore, the 
And the spring, so we'll say, so now, the whole essence of the paraduma, the most important part of the paraduma process is the sprinkling. And by the sprinkling, we establish that it can only A, be done by a man, and B, be done by day. We'll see by day where we learned that from. Afani avi shchitasa v'kabalaz dama v'hazaz dama u'srefasa v'ashlachas eitz ere ve'ezog u'shnitolas. So I will say, so too. I'll learn out all of these other avodos. Shechita, Kabbalah, receiving of the blood, sprinkling of the blood, burning of the para, throwing of the cedar wood, the hyssop, the red wool, into the fire. Because I will say, here's what I know. All of these avodos are only fit to be done by a man. Why? Because by all of these avodos, the Torah goes out of its way to mention Elazar. Elazar. Which we learn out from here that these, all of these enumerated avodos can only be done by a man. Therefore, again, therefore, and furthermore, they can only be performed by day. Therefore, I will exclude from this list the gathering up of the ashes. Miluimayim, the filling up of the receptacle with water, Vikidush, and the mixing of the ashes together with the water, Hoilukshirin Bishakibish, these could technically be done by a woman. But say, how do I know that they can be done by a woman? How do I know? What doesn't the Torah say? Elazar or Ish, right? Elazar or Ish. Therefore, I must say, so remember again, once the Torah goes going out of its way to say Elazar and Ish, I have to read into the fact that when the Torah doesn't say Elazar and Ish, then it's coming to tell me that what? That it can be done by a woman. So all of these avodas that we just mentioned, the gathering of the ashes, the filling up of the clay with water, the mixing of the ashes with the water, those are fit to be done by women just like by men. So therefore, again, k'sherin nami bayom ba'layla. Therefore, I would also assume that what? They're also fit to be performed at night. At night, I, the Gemara says, but ultimately, again, what is the refutation being advanced over here? To which the Gemara says, So maybe supposed to remember again, why is this whole thing being brought up? Why is it, remember again, say, this is not our topic. What's our topic? Our topic is the Machlokis Rav and Shmuel. And what's the Machlokis Rav and Shmuel? What's the Machlokis? What's the Machlokis? I have two paros, right? Paraduma, Parium Kippur. Rav says, Paraduma must be done by a Kohen. Yom Kippur can be done by a Zar. Shmuel, Paraduma can be done by a Zar. Yom Kippur cannot. We're trying to bring this whole thing as a proof to Rav. So the Gemara says, I don't understand. So what, what's the refutation over here? Oh, so maybe you're going to tell me like this. Maybe I will say the Rai is like this. Oh, this, this is riveting. Maybe the Rai is like this. The assumption is anything that can't be done by a woman can also can't be done by who? I'm not going. In other words, I will say that in this context, it's not just the woman who's being excluded. Essentially, a woman represents anyone who's not what? A non-Kohen. And the fact that a woman can't do the Shechita also tells me that a Zar can't do the Shechita. Oh, that's a proof for Rav. Rav holds that Halochel Maisa by Para Aduma Shechita Kshera Bezar. May the Psulun Beisho Psulunami Bezar. To which the Gemara says, not necessarily because Hazas Memea Tochiach. Because what's the sprinkling of the waters will prove that that's not necessarily the case. Shepsulin bi'isha uksherin bizar. Both say we're going to learn this dramatic idea that the sprinkling of the waters cannot be done by a woman, but technically speaking, can be done by a non-Kohen. 
Shabbos say, interesting enough, if you look at Rashi, actually we have to go to Rashi. So the Gemara says over here, so you see, by the way, that women and Zar are not equal. So you can have a situation where something cannot be done by a woman, but can be done by a Zar. I'll tell you the reputation. Isha, my timer. But say, why is it that a woman cannot do the aforementioned avodos by, by para aduma? Very simple. Because I will say, in all of the avodos where we disqualified a woman, what does the Torah say? Elazar. Elazar. So what do I learn from Elazar? Elazar velo isha. Oh, you know what the corollary drasha to that is? You know what the corollary drasha is? So the Gemara says, Zar nami Elazar velo zar. Which was, the, which was the drasha of Rav. Remember again, Rav had a two-pronged drasha. What is two-pronged drasha? Two words. Chuka and Elazar. So therefore, again, the Gemara is just going in and supporting Rav's position. The Gemara now, we'll say now here, the Gemara is phrasing it, is phrasing it, legabe ultimately Isha, to say that Elazar excludes Isha. The Gemara is just saying, by the way, the same Elazar which excludes Isha also excludes Zar. Incredible. So the Gemara says, Zar nami Elazar velos, Elazar velos Zar. Amr Ula, Amr Ula, kol ha-parsha kula mashma motzi miyad, Umashma, sorry, mashma motzi miyad, mashma umashma So we'll say, this is great. This is really, we'll say, I just want to point out something amazing. Just, just, just so you sit back, you appreciate this. You know, the Ribbono Shal Olam could have given, right, Kosh Baruch could do anything. We all agree with that? Good, excellent, good. Right, so we'll say, so Kosh Baruch could have given us a Torah that was much more explicit. Right? We're handling all of this stuff over here, right? Isha, uh, Zach, why don't you just say it? Why don't you just say it, right? Torah is pretty long. Just add in a couple of additional psukim. I don't know, whatever. Just put it in there. Well, see, see from here how HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted us to toil in Torah. You see, because at the end of the day, the only things you really acquire in life are the things you have to work for. We all know this from our personal lives. The things you have to work very hard for are the things that are really yours and the things that you are truly Kona. And it's the same thing with Torah. The Torah that's spoon-fed to you is very nice, okay? It's, it's beautiful, it's, it's nice, it's enjoyable, it's fun. And then, you know, but you're not really Kona. But when you have to work at something. So we'll say, so, so again, yes, of course, the Yibam could have given us all of the halachas of Paraduma neatly arranged in perfect order. And it would have read to him, but, say, but then I wouldn't have been Kone. Think about this. By the end of today, in just a few moments, oh, yeah, oh, is it 8.54 already? Oh my gosh. Okay, so in 15 minutes when we have to stop. <laughs> so, so again, j- just understand, you walk away from a daft like this and like back and forth, and suddenly again, this para aduma, which Emir HaShem are all going to have to partake in when Mashiach comes, one of the first things we're going to have to do is all of us are going to have to undergo, the, even the Quran, we're going to have to undergo the para aduma process, because we all we all have Tomas Mace, but now I'm, I'm Kone, I walk, it's incredible, alright, so let's go back there, says the Gemara, I will say, now here, interestingly enough, let's at least begin this sugya, so the Gemara says, the Gemara says as follows. Re- comes along um, Amr Ula. Ula really highlights the difficulty in this sogi. He says, Kola Parsha Kula. This entire Parsha Paraduma, Mashma Motsi Miyad Mashma, or Mashma Mela. So we'll say, in, we'll, we'll really capture this. In Paraduma, some of the Psukim seem to go ahead and undermine or exclude that which was stated before. And some of the Psukim are just to be understood as written. 
So Ula is really capturing a little bit of the tension that we're feeling with these psukim. Because I will say, on one hand, sometimes Elazar Chukah comes to limit. Sometimes it's not a limit, sometimes it is a limit. So watch this, I will say. Here we go. We're going to go through now the Parsha Paraduma and at least, be, at least begin. Unesatem osa el Elazar Akoin. You shall go ahead and give it to Elazar Akoin. So we'll say, so the Pasik says this, about the Paraduma. You'll give the Paraduma to Aaron Akoin, and ultimately again, he will take it out to Shechtit. So the Gemara says, Osa le'elazar, velo ledoros le'elazar. Now, both say, interestingly enough, it says, Venasata osa, you will give it to Elazar. Which can be darshan tarabo, say, to say that what? It's only the first para aduma that requires Elazar akoin. But future paros can be done by who? Can be done by who? Maybe anyone. Now, both say, now, even that, who's anyone? Well, who is Elazar? Who is Elazar? Elazar was the skan koin gadol. So what does that mean? That it's only the first part that has to be done by the Skan Kohen Gadol, but ultimately, again, any subsequent part can be done by anyone else? Or maybe it's saying that, no, that ultimately, again, the first part had to be done by Kohen, but any subsequent part can be done by anyone. So it's not clear. So the Gemara says, O Salah, Lazar, Others say, We'll say, so some say what that means is, the first part could be done by the Skan. But future paros had to be done by who? By the coin Gadol. It's incredible. And I will say, others say, No, others say, no. The first paraduma had to be done by the skan. But future paros can be done by who? Can be done by who? By any regular coin. So Bishlama Ladoros Bekoin Hedyo Shapir. So it was according to according, right, so according to the approach that says future Kavanos can be done even by a coin head. Yo, that makes sense. Right? The Torah is saying the first part has to be done by the scan, but future parts can be done by the hedgeot. Elamanda Omar, the Doros the coin godl minnale. But according to the opinion who says that future generations, the part of the mass to be done by the coin godl, where do they get that from? Kamar chuka chuka miyom kippurim. Wow. Wow. Make a gzirshav of chuka chuka by yom kippur. Right? The say, remember again, by yom kippur it says chuka, and whose name is associated with yom kippur? Aaron. Aaron, to teach me again, Chukah by Yom Kippur teaches me that for all future, for all generations, the Avod of Yom Kippur must be done by the Kohen Gadol. So some want to suggest, amazingly enough, that although the first paraduma was done by Elazar, that was a first time thing. But going forward, Chukah, Chukah teaches me that Allah Chalamaisa paraduma must be done by the Kohen Gadol. So the Gemara says, I vahotzi osa. So I'll say, what does that mean? Vahotzi osa. You shall take out the parts. So I'll say, that's number one machlokes. Right? Amazing. Number one machlokes. We're going to go in the Rambam when we get to the end of the Sugi tomorrow. We'll go now. We'll go through all these halachas. But machlokes number one is everyone agrees that in year one, first part of Duma ever performed. Who did it? Who did it? Elazar. Skan koin gadol. Machlokes says future generations who has to do it. Is it even a coin head yod? Or is it Dafka the, or is it Dafka the coin gadol? Okay, next math look, your next discussion. The Gemara says, Vahotzi osa, when taking out the paraduma, you have to take out the paraduma itself. Shaloyotzi acheres ima. You cannot take out another para with the paraduma. And Rob will say, you know what, we'll stop over here for today. We'll pick up, and we'll say again, Samir Tashem tomorrow, we're going to still be in paraduma. It's incredible, at least for the beginning. We have a new Mishnah tomorrow as well. I'll say the exciting journey just continues day after day. Shkar Chavosai.
Have a great day. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you. I think it makes a big difference when you shut it off. Just do some shut it off. I think so, right? Is it the microphone helps feel like I can film? Yeah.